Ah, another day in the office. I'd better check my patient list and see who's up first. Uh, oh, Paul, come in. Come. To, oh, welcome, Paul. Come in. Hi, hi, Doctor Herven. Thinking, then, 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 then. Once again, you still have issues with getting my name correct. That's right? what I said. That's what I said. I'm just. Fe- it feels very familiar. Doesn't it just? Yeah. I feel like I feel like I'm I'm a city and I've just lost control of the city and and I'm trying to take back control of the city and just having trouble. Maybe maybe you need some sort of Paul family to come around and you know, help out a bit. This metaphorical city that we're talking about. Mm, yeah yeah yeah. It's good that your ego is that healthy that you see yourself as a big thriving metropolis. No 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 Gotham Gotham. DCOCD, the DC Events Podcast, where we're looking at every single DC event from Crisis on Infinite Earths in 1985 on up until we get to where we have to stop again, which can't be too far off. But today we have reached 2020. Uh, if, for those of you who remember that, it was the year that only took a few months due to COVID. Uh, or was it the one before? I can't remember. Who knows? Uh, but in that year, there was an event for Batman called the Joker War. So I'm going to look at that today. And I'm joined by Bill Bear from the Batpod, who might know something about the Joker War and Batman and stuff. Hello, Bill. Hey, how you doing? I'm very good. And I also have with me uh, David Gutierrez, who's... Um, First time on the show, first time podcasting with me, and uh, but long-time friend. How are you, David? I'm good, Paul. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> Excellent. So we're going to look at the uh, the Joker War. So this was a very... It's probably a... Started in the Batman books, and probably should have stayed there, but uh, it went all over <laughs> the place. Um, it was 14 issues. Uh, now, I'm, I'm probably going to apologise to everyone, because when I reread this the other day, I thought, I probably wouldn't put this on the show... <laughs> given that everything that happens in it actually doesn't happen in it. So I I had in my memory, this is where this happens and that happens, but most of that happens outside of the Joker War or on either side of it. So, um, yeah. But anyway, (laughs) we're going to push on because we've planned this and everyone's here, so let's do it. So, um, basically, the Joker declares war on Batman. He He knows everything about Batman at this stage. He knows who Batman is. He knows every single member of the Bat Pack, um, and yeah, but it came out in October 2020. That's when it started. It was 14 issues of the main core, but it's, it gets very muddy as you're trying to find what's the main story and what's not. So there's nine issues which are sort of meant to be a prelude, and but there's meant to be three issues of a collateral, but it's all over the place. Like collateral damage is one of the labels on it, but that happens as it's going on the whole way through. You know, it's kind of side story, but it's hard to hard to define hard to quantify so but um the core story was written by james tinian the fourth or tinian tinian i think is the correct one pete tomasi did the detective stuff dan jurgens did the nightwing stuff sam humphreys did the harley quinn stuff scott lobdell did the red hood and ram v did the catwoman and cecil castellucci she did the batgirl but uh lots and lots of art in it but um Jorge Jimenez is the main uh, Batman art, so we'll just mention him. So, 
yeah, basically, Batman is in trouble due to machinations by a whole bunch of villains led by uh, the designer and the underbroker. He's lost all his money, so uh, they've embezzled all the money from... Um, well, embezzled, stolen it, stolen the money, and redistributed to the Joker, who has now access to Wayne Tech. All the all the gadgets, all the toys. Um, he's making weapons. He's using vehicles, um, and he's using all the money to fund an army of clowns who are running a muck. And that's the central story. Uh, but yeah, what what did you guys think of this? So, um, David, what did you think of this? What were the the bits that you really liked? The favorite moments for you? But war is hell, right? So, <laughs> it was hell. There's a few moments. Um, it's it's funny that everything you described took place before the book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> what I found. That that was dark design, I think, is what it was called. Um, but what I liked, I, I liked a few uh, key moments, right? So the chief one being uh, the big "I'm Batman" scene, where Batman comes out of, I guess, his second drug-induced. Uh, hallucination when he <laughs> when he when he takes out punchline that was a great that was a great image um bullock throwing down his badge and uh stepping down from commissioner to lead the uh gc well i guess parts of the gcpd whoever was going to line with him against the uh the clowns um batman having to ride side saddle essentially on uh i think it's called red knight one batwoman's um a motorcycle and uh but i think the best thing was probably uh Batgirl getting a little bit of revenge on the Joker as short-lived as it was it was nice to see her kind of rise above everything that happened to her um although it was at great expense to her and unfortunately to, to her title <laughs> as a as a result of the collateral war there wasn't a, there it's weird that in there weren't a lot of like hell yeah moments in the in the series I thought or in the um in the storyline um, but it was, those were, those were certainly the standout moments for me. And, uh, oh, and Catwoman getting, uh, uh, sort of colon in Ocean's Eleven on the Riddler and the Penguin. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Bill? Um, what worked for you? Well, I guess some of the moments that I liked, I liked the use of Alfred in the book, you know, mm. um, um, you know, Bruce has this trauma and he's had this trauma his whole life, trauma, grief, or whatever you want to call it. And the way that they used Alfred, you know, it's the same sort of thing. He tucks all his emotions down inside. And I liked a little bit, we had a little bit of processing, you know, of Alfred and his grief. And I really liked how that uh, was done throughout this. Well, I guess essentially that was in the main book. And the other thing that I really liked is Harley Quinn in this book is maybe the best characterization that I've seen. It it actually I like Harley Quinn in this book. And I was like, yeah, there were there were there was like one hell yeah moment there where where Harley Quinn, you know, at the end is giving Batman a choice to save her, or save the Joker. And I really liked that. And I really liked that. And the other thing that I liked is punchline and she thought that there's this love affair with her and the joker and she doesn't get the joker she thought you know if she killed batman that uh the joker would be happy but she doesn't know the joker and i really liked that 
um, that relationship that the Joker has with Batman. Yeah. Can I can I add one thing? Um, actually, to me, the most important thing would be where Bat where Bruce Wayne said that he buried his father finally, and he was referring to Alfred. Yes. Like, because for for years, it always bothered me that Al- Bruce Wayne is always characterized as not having parents, and while his parents died, he had a surrogate father that never was recognized as such by Bruce Wayne. Um, so that was, I'm not saying it was worth the entire <laughs> uh, Joker war for that, but that was probably the greatest moment in the, in the story for me. It's absolutely. It strikes me that we've got to give a bit of context here. So, um, Alfred has, is dead at this point, at this stage. Yes. Um, and he died in the city of Bane, which was the sort of finale of Tom King's run. Um, so yeah, Bane killed, uh, Alfred in front of Robin, um, fairly complex uh but yeah so (laughs) this leads to a few things that come out around joker war but yeah and joker war that i mean it all builds up to the issue 100 of the rebirth era of um, batman so you know that's it's trying to hit that milestone uh in a way and i I think there's a little bit of artificiality in there like i I get the sense and people who uh, have um james tinian's sub stack may know more but i believe this was not the original plan and he didn't get to play with all the toys he wanted so he invented all these new characters so one of these was um, Punchline who is like um, well uh, uncharitably you could call a Harley 2.0 but she's um, because Harley has sort of drifted into the hero space she's a new um, a new version of a Joker sidekick who's evil Um, and she uh, you would say on some podcasts she has a very punchable face um, <laughs> she's very annoying <laughs> and she's very you know and because you have known Harley Quinn or some of us have known and loved Harley Quinn for a while now when she's mean to Harley Quinn you don't like her like you really don't like her and she's like I'm better than you I'm more ruthless and the Joker thinks I'm cooler and I look I'm sexier and you know I'm more ruthless and you know she's she's tiresome um, so she's a big deal at this point and we had the whole uh, the designer who came up with the ultimate crime for Gotham and the underbroker, who um, basically was the executor of that crime, but uh, all that went wrong because the Joker doesn't play well with others. So you know the ultimate crime couldn't work because the Joker, his end game is to you know tango with Batman for eternity, not um, <laughs> not basically take him down for once and for all. So yeah, but um, I find it the moments that struck me is it was really really disturbing just to see a joker who knows everything about the bat family like that, that was like yeah it, yeah it was like well this is a real development because you know for so long in the bat books this was you know kept ambiguous or kept you know deliberately um avoided and but now it's like you know well there's so many stories where the joker has gotten close to batman that you know okay let's just give up he knows everything he knows who barbara is he knows who dick is you know um yeah, and uh, the other contextual thing in this, in also in the Tom King Bat Run, um, Rick Grayson appeared. So this was uh, Dick Grayson gets shot in the, shot in the head by the KG Beast, and you know, as with most head trauma, he manifests a completely new personality that no one likes. Um, so he became <laughs> Rick Rick Grayson. Uh, I'm not Nightwing, <laughs> and I'm living in right. Yeah, it and, shows that he, you know, if if he had it, if it was up to him, he wouldn't have chosen to be called Dick at any point in his life he would have yeah. preferred Rick yeah uh, hey one thing to say real quick is <laughs> you know you were saying about the Joker knows everything and and um, it's kind of disturbing that's one of those things they haven't touched 
you know, you have the Jim Gordon doesn't know who Batman is. Joker, he probably knows who Batman is, but we never talk about it. And and uh, Scott Snyder did it initially, but this really has it out there that he knows who Bruce Wayne is and everything. And I, I like the way it was done in here. I like that, uh, you know, he steals his all his little toys. So I did like that oh, part. He takes it even a step further by, um, you know, with the whole Marcus Zorro being that's going to be played yeah. in all the theaters and trying to get everyone, um, everyone in Gotham. He was going to pay everyone in Gotham to attend using the billions of dollars that he took that he stole from from uh, from Bruce Wayne. He's going to bribe people to attend. And then and I guess the plan was to kill them as soon as the mark of Zorro was over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and the Joker actually ends up in the ultimate bat suit, which um, he's stolen from Bruce, which is, um, you know, the, I think the key is it's the bat suit that Batman will, will wear when everything's cool in the future, where he's, you know, beaten crime once and for all, like the war that on drugs. <laughs> Were you guys confused by something on that? Who built that? Because Batman says he doesn't know who built it, right? Did I misread that? I was very confused by some of it, so I'm not uh, sure. I don't, uh, Alfred, possibly. I I don't know. He should know, okay. I would think. Right. Okay. Because <laughs> they were talking about the grand design, right? That you know, once once Gotham is at at the point that Batman feels like he's safe and he can, although he, he's never going to retire because he has a graduation suit, but <laughs> just um, they just talk about like he. He, he spaces out and he says he doesn't know where that suit came from because I was in one of the hidden back caves in Wayne Manor. Yeah. Um, I was just I, I, thought, I thought maybe I misread. I've, I've read this twice now and I thought maybe that I just was thick headed and OK, but I feel better now knowing that you guys don't know who, who created that thing either. OK, no, no. And, uh, you know, I think that was created so they could uh, add a little fluff to the story, personally. But It doesn't really get a really big moment. Like, I would have thought that if um, the just the image alone of the Joker wearing a bat suit would have been on the cover of one of these issues. And it isn't. And it sort of just pops in suddenly. It's, it's, it's really weird. It's like a really big moment that they, they blew the reveal of. It, I right. thought... Yeah, it's very che- strange. Chekhov's bat suit, right? Yeah. Wondering and it's gonna, and you know how they love to do that with covers? They love to reveal stuff like they had um, Lex Luthor in a bat suit. Yeah. You know, <laughs> Did they? but he didn't actually lo- look like that. And in the, in the, his suit was sort of different. But you would have thought for sales, they would have shown something, you know, a Joker in a bat suit and that sort of thing. Mm. It's a McFarlane figure waiting to happen. Right. Yeah. So, all right, uh, let's move a bit deeper into it. So, what do you think... I mean, there's a few things that come out of this and a few things that are happening around this, but uh, one of the things is uh, Batman has lost all his money, but he's now he's just a... Is he a millionaire or is is he just below a millionaire? I don't know. He's a millionaire. He's a millionaire. So he's only a millionaire. The poor man. Um, (laughs) Well... I mean, where I live, there are houses that cost like $2 million next door to me. So I can, I'm not saying I can relate because I'm not a millionaire, but it doesn't feel like <laughs> that's such a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess I live on a farm in the country in Australia, so a million dollars would would go a long way for me. <laughs> no, it doesn't feel like a uh, million dollars, you know. All his toys are like 
very expensive, I would assume. So a million dollars, he he still gets the invite, you know, to the charity functions, but maybe he's just sitting at the kids' table, that sort of thing. And all his gear, all his gear was taken. I mean, it was yeah, all yeah. used against him, or he destroyed it. Right? Yeah. And the story reason for doing this, I think, is to basically justify how um, Lucius Fox he gets the money basically he he gives it right. he gets given it and uh, basically says yeah I'm going to use it because um, I don't trust Bruce Wayne with it which is a weird thing it's not yours but anyway um, and all his kids start fighting crime basically <laughs> so I mean one of them was already fighting crime that was Luke Luke Fox but um, yeah now we've got Jace Fox who's uh, the new Batman, and this was this bleeds into the the future state, which was sort of uh, Dan Dio's vision for the DC universe. That everyone said, "No, we're not going to do that," and then they did it all anyway. <laughs> so yeah, there's a there's a another Batman running around, and there's resources for that, and you know, and I just read a Harley Quinn the other day, one of the brand new issues, and the Foxes are funding a mission to the moon, so that's what they're doing with the money <laughs> to do stuff well, out there. Yeah, wasn't that supposed to go to the people of Gotham? Wasn't that the whole thing? Oh, some did, but I didn't see the accounting on that. That was just <laughs> Catwoman's insistence so that that happens. The message of the story is everyone becomes Elon Musk when they get when they become billionaires, and they <laughs> pretty much. Oh dear. But I mean, the other thing that sort of comes out of this, I mean, it really is a, a requiem for for Bruce and Alfred. I mean, it really is. I'm going to work through my feelings for Alfred. That's the core of the story. That's at the heart of what um, Tinian's writing. Um, so that's the main thing, but uh, there, I think there's also a move away from let's trust the police. Like um, we have uh, Bullock throwing down his badge, and he's uh, basically walking away from the police, and then we see he's a private detective soon. Um, and there's a lot of setup, you know, around the edges. There's a lot of setup which leads to the Joker series that Tinian's done. Which, um, yeah, you can see where that's going, and uh, you know. Uh, basically this is what happens to the joker after that and this is what happens to the bat family after that and things like that and yeah i mean you get a few fresh starts but they're not essential like everything that happens with the nightwing book after this is great but it's not you know it kind of happens peripherally 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 to this so it's not centralized in this story it's happening at the side so we get nightwing back the tom taylor run starts everyone's yells yay and you know on we go so is there anything else that's coming out of oh yes yes new characters do you want to talk of the new characters bill well you got the punchline is a new character <laughs> um i don't really i know i know what the the hype was you know this is the the first cover i forget what cover it was before joker war that her first appearance and it was like a lot of hype behind that i i don't love her as a character it's not somebody that resonates with me too much but i do like some other characters that james tenyon had came up with and one of them is uh ghost hunter but he doesn't actually appear to like the end of this but clown hunter also interesting character uh i like how similar he is to bruce wayne and has the same sort of trauma but but Batman is actually involved in his trauma to a certain point after his parents were turned. And uh, I did like that he's trying to take him under his wing, but you don't see that necessarily in this story. It's like in, in the future, but uh, I, I do like uh, the some of the characters that come out of this, but not so much 
uh, punchline. Yeah, well, there's a bit of setup with um, Clown Hunter. I mean, he's basically uh, an angry, angry Vietnamese kid who is uh, his parents were killed, and basically he becomes the uh, so low budget Punisher, I guess. <laughs> so, yeah, it's kind of like Anarchy, right? Yeah, yeah, he's like Anarchy. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see where that character goes because basically, you know, as soon as you make him not kill, then you've just turned him into every single other character. Um, whereas in this, he's basically controlling a section of the city called the Narrows, and anyone, any clowns who go in there get killed by him. Uh, and he's resourceful. He, you know, he can build bombs and traps, and you know, um, and he's ruthless. Uh, so yeah, he becomes a thorn in the side of the Joker and uh, Harley. Uh, not Harley. There we go. Punchline. Through this, yeah. yeah, and his destination is he's going to be part of the new Batman Inc., which is starting from Ed Brisson, I think, and that's being led by Ghost Hunter. Um, and if you don't know who Ghost Hunter is, like if you don't read these characters, these names mean nothing, and you're going to get really confused. Ghost Hunter, Clown Hunter, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, Ghost Maker. Anyway, <laughs> see what I mean? I'm getting them all mixed up myself. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm getting them right, aren't I, Bill? Ghost Maker. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Ghostmaker is the... What would you call him? He, he's the... He's like Batman. He's like, he's Batman. He's like Batman, yeah. He has empathy. He doesn't have the ability to have empathy. Oh, that's right. That's yeah. Right. So he's much more calculating and, you know, uh, cold. And But what the decisions he makes are based on logic and not, you know, emotion. So, yeah, but he he takes the challenge of uh, fighting crime in Gotham alongside Batman. So it looks like he's going to come in and be the rival and, you know, usurp Batman kind of like Azrael. And in the end, he sort of joins the mission and, and enjoys the challenge of not trying to kill people. Yeah, but, I mean, he's a character... Like, he could be a ticking time bomb who be, could become a villain again. And, yeah, the direction that Punchline goes after this story is very much a reflection of sort of social media influencing but with being immoral <laughs> so yeah she's very good at manipulating people and pissing off readers like me because um, yeah she basically ends up in jail but is you know pulling the strings on everyone so on social media and it's really annoying because uh, you know I get enough of that in the real world I don't want it in my back book <laughs> as well <laughs> yes and is anybody excited about her return to the bad books or are you no. like she was in the back book. Are you like, can't wait the punchline gets there? I don't know if there's many people out there like that. I'm going to be honest. The only thing I'm excited about punchline is if she crosses over to the other media and becomes a big deal, because I'm going to sell my copies of her first appearance and stuff like that. So. <laughs> yeah. She's kind of a dud, even in terms of just like the narrative of, of the story, because you're you're really always waiting for this big battle between her and Harley Quinn. And... Uh, which, especially because when she fights Harley Quinn, she essentially beats her, uh, cuts cuts her throat, leaves her for leaves Harley Quinn for dead, and then you and then when they when they fight again, you think something's going to happen, but Batman takes her out, and then when Punchline's out again, you think something's going to happen, and then Nightwing takes her out, so you never get the resolution or even kind of the escalation of the fight between Harley Quinn and Punchline, especially because Punchline has it in for Harley Quinn pretty badly. She's just kind of a dud. It's all foreplay, and nothing happens. Yeah, was, no, I was really disappointed. Yeah, there's just nothing there. I mean, some of these characters are new and interesting. You know, I think we had mentioned Clown Hunter, and I think he's more interesting as a killer. 
then he would be like reforming him and to have that code. But punchline, there there is nothing really that interesting about her to me. There there's nothing that catches you and like, oh, this is a character that that we need to have. I mean, I I want a reason to like this character, but they haven't given us any. I think. I think they they oh it's the new shiny Harley Quinn but there's nothing there's nothing original or interesting about her. And it, it, I mean it's kind of like hey look how cool she is she beat up Harley Quinn you know that's the intro you get to her in this right. in this story. And before that she's like you know you know she just she obviously hates Harley Quinn so much because she had that role and you know moved away from it and she had what she really wants. But uh, yeah, it's it's a weird character. But yeah, uh, she. I mean, someone can do something interesting with her. But I mean, she'd be good in a, a new version of the Suicide Squad or something, you know. And they could kill her, and no one would be sad. And I think <laughs> the only interesting thing to me was, you know, she thought she knew the Joker, and and she was like, I'm gonna do this, and the Joker's gonna like think I'm the best ever. He's gonna fall in love with me or something like that. And it's like. Uh, nobody, nobody is higher than Batman in the Joker's eyes. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, um, we might play a promo for your show, Bill, and then we'll come back and start the scoring. Grab your bat microphone. It's time to start the show. Check out the Bat Pod with your host Bill Beer. This was cucumber sandwich. An issue. <laughs> yes. Have you ever had a cucumber sandwich? And his co-host Joey Galvez. I mean, I like it. You know, cucumber water. Have you ever had that? It's so refreshing. It's, it's, it's... Topic of the week. I really love the Michael Keaton Batman, the Tim Burton Batman. Thought you were gonna mention Batman and Robin for a minute. <laughs> you know, George Clooney. Had you hello or character spotlights? The condiment king was a guy named Buddy Stanley, uh, okay. a former stand-up comedian. But you know, stump your co-host segments. Okay, where's your Batman card? Just go ahead and send that to me. Sorry, sorry. And we'll, and we'll rip that up. <laughs> okay, you can find the Bat Pod on thenerdylegion.com. We're on Facebook, Twitter, iTunes, Google Play, and we are now on Stitcher. The Bat Pod is a proud member of the Nerdy Legion Network. The crime fighting collective it's the bad pie what the blue bacon and now it's the part of the show where we score this bad boy and we have a look at uh, all the aspects of it and we give them ratings out of 10 and there's four aspects so we've got the eventiness you know how well does it event uh what's in it the you know the big stuff and all that uh, the revelations and the excitement uh, we're going to look at the writing and we're going to look at the art and the covers and then finally the impact and legacy and bill and david you're going to get to give it scores out of 10 and my score will be halved and that will give us a score out of 100 at the end of it so i get so weary of explaining that every time but i always feel i need to um so let's go into the eventiness now bill what do you think of the eventiness of this one the eventiness of this i'm gonna give like a five it doesn't feel like any kind of event except uh, a joker story these side issues that you know would be in like a crossover uh, especially in the bat books, the way they used to do it is, you know, these side books would be parts of the actual story, which they have like little mini stories, but I don't think it matters all that much. So I'm going to give the Ventinus a five. And David, what do you think? I really struggle with this because I think that it's, it's, no, it's weird that the modifications are felt 
more in, I think, like, it spelled the end of night of, of the Nightwing run, kind of, right? Uh, it ended Batgirl's run, essentially. Um, I don't know. I didn't follow the Red Hood, so I don't know what happened with that. But, it, like, the, the storyline definitely hit and had ramifications throughout the sideline, the side books. But not in but not in a positive way, if that makes sense. Like they didn't grow out of the Joker war organically. They just kind of spelled the end of their storylines. So I did. And it has the same sort of rinse, wash, repeat um, of every Batman event where it's like, I should have called you guys in sooner, you know? <laughs> and then, um, you know, shit hits the fan. And then, yeah, I got to call in the bad fan, even though things have been <laughs> tremendously horrible. In fact, like it starts... I, I had a, I struggled with the event because I felt like I missed something, you know, like all of a sudden it starts like Batman's hallucinating. And I was like, <laughs> when did this happen? When did this, when did all this, did I miss issues? It felt, uh, felt weird. It's as, so maybe a four, I give it a four. four. Um, <laughs> it, talking through it, I would, before, you know, before we signed on to this, I was gonna give it like a six. Yeah. <laughs> start talking about it and i think I'm, I'm kind of between a four and a five so maybe maybe a four um it does have it, it does have a big impact on batman going forward i think uh you know where he's he's just like you said he's just a millionaire he's he can't uh 3d print his weaponry anymore they make a big point about that um i i don't know what it yeah i guess maybe it's it's yeah it's probably a four okay all right, well, you guys are pretty harsh, so I'm going to give it a two. <laughs> because <laughs> I, I think as an event, it's it's badly structured. Like, it, it's pitched as an event. It's really just a story, and it's part two of a story. Um, so the lead-up to yeah. this should be part of one big story. I mean, and maybe that's just, you know, we fell for the trade marketing of it. But, you know, it all this interesting stuff happens around it. And when you read all the tie-in issues... Like there must be like eight jokers running around to do all the stuff that they're doing. Like he's yeah. side quests with Barbara Gordon where he steals control of her, you know, her the chip in her back which makes her legs work. And that you know basically if you have something that helps you work uh, walk and someone takes control of it, then they can make you you know attack people and things like that. <laughs> which... uh, we know there's at least three, so six. Seven, <laughs> That's true. Yeah, and he's showing half dozen of the other. And he shows up in Nightwing, and he's you know he turns uh, Rick Grayson into his sidekick with some you know Court of Owls mystical hypnotism stone, and (laughs) yeah, so he's everywhere. He's doing everything, and there's way too much Joker in it. And whereas Batman is like I'm tripping balls here, and now I'm you know I'm stabbed fourteen times, and (laughs) I didn't even place. Like the detective stories, the the Tomasi stuff felt extraneous too. I I couldn't, like I couldn't place when um the the Batwoman story happened. Yeah, yeah. So it has no cohesion as an event. It's not well put together. I mean, it looks like uh, Tinyan was telling one story, and the editorials went, ah, big big event. Let's let's spin this out. And he was like, oh, whatever. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and there wasn't any. Let's make it all work. So you know, the side books all read like a separate story that works together, but the main book doesn't work with them, and they don't work with the main book well. You know, Dick Grayson comes back in the middle of uh, you know the event, and he's all back to normal suddenly, which is nice, um, and you get the background to that. But you know, it's all very 
rushed and weird and it didn't hold together as a story like I'm used to events where you can go okay this is the main story these things happen at the side and then they feed back in here none of the the on ramps and the off ramps are set up well um, so it, it, yeah I do I've, no, I've, I've known a few events and this isn't a good one um, so that's they're my thoughts are, are two that's so true. let's get into the writing. David, do you have thoughts about the writing? The tiny inst- – it's it's hard because, you know, we keep saying how this doesn't work as an event, but the writing of the main book was fine to interesting at times. Um, uh, I agree with the part about Alfred being – like the, the use of Alfred as kind of Batman's inner voice and everything it was, was interesting. Um I got out of ten, maybe a six, because I have to look at the, the the others, the other stories, right? And the Batgirl stuff was pretty interesting, but that was about it. <laughs> I got, I guess, I, I got to go with the six. Bill, what about you? Well, I thought about this, and and you know, <laughs> <laughs> as we've been talking, the main story, I I do like James. Tanyan's um, dialogue in the main story at certain parts when you're when you're talking about Alfred Harley Quinn and then uh, some of the stuff with the Joker um, I do like that part but uh, the, some of the side stories uh, yeah it didn't it didn't uh, get a high approval rating as far as that goes but uh, I did like. The dialogue, the story, maybe does does it totally make sense? Does does everything kind of? I think there were some things behind writing to create new characters, to create maybe you know new stories and uh, a Joker book that's not really a Joker book and and that sort of thing. So I gave the writing an overall of a six. Yeah, it's interesting because I I feel like the story it's a it's a like a soup, and every now and again you get half a crouton out of it, and you go, oh, <laughs> this could be good, and then you, it just goes away, and you don't get another one. Um, so, yeah, I mean, for me, I really like the Alfred stuff, and that is the central part of what Tiny is trying to do, is um, make Bruce, you know, reconcile with the fact that Alfred was really his dad, and, you know, that that's what matters to him, but he still has family around him, which, you know, oh, I've made this joke before, it's such a good lesson that Batman learns it over and over again throughout his life, uh, that he needs to rely on other people. Um, yeah, but yeah, there's things that, like, fall flat, like the Joker wearing the bat suit um, is a it's a really big moment, and I don't think it gets the, the space and the, the work around it that would that sell it, and the other thing is, Alfred comes back as a literal zombie, and that oh, yeah. seems that falls really flat too it seems like that would be a huge reveal and if they played it um for more horror or more impact it would have been you know one of the key moments that you remember like when we're saying what are the big deals of this i was going uh, i can't remember um now and the side stories i mean so i'm not i'm not crapping on how people wrote this i mean they get told to write what they do what they have and but you know I can't remember anything that happened in the detective issues around it, and I'd read them yesterday. So, you know, it's you know, I know Batwoman is in there and stuff, but it's very <laughs> strange. Um, I think, yeah, there's some real weirdness around this one. I mean, I like the fact they got rid of Rick Grayson, but 
really that's just taking away something that it, no one wanted you know it's like well waiter waiter i don't want this and you know it just sat there on you on for days in front of you um so they finally got rid of it um the end of the batwoman book is uh the batgirl book has sort of paved the way for batgirl so yeah it's all it's all a little half-baked and i don't think anyone was you know getting to write it the way they wanted to so i'm gonna give it a five because i am the worst all right. So... That seems high, based on everything you said. <laughs> well, yeah, but I, I mean, we we read a lot of bad books, and you know, you go, oh, that's pretty good. That's true. Uh, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to talk about the art and the covers. I love Jorge Jimenez's art. It's beautiful. He does fantastic stuff. I mean, there's a few times in the story. There's one bit where Batman gets stabbed in the back, and his whole body is stiffened, and he's gritting his teeth, and it's fantastic. And it really reminds me of some of the stuff that. Bray Fogel used to do. It's it's you know it's yeah. beautiful renditions of Batman and it's fantastic. And around the scenes, like I really like the art and the Catwoman story. Um, that was really good. And um, yeah, the the art's fine. It's 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 DC Universe today. Fine, you know. And but when Jorge's on it, it's spectacular. Uh, I found. So whereas the rest of, rest of it is fine. You know, there's nothing wrong with the art. So um, I would give it like giving it a base of five i would bump it up to seven as an average basically so what about you david i would give it an eight i really liked robbie rodriguez's stuff from batgirl oh yeah yeah that was that was a hard i was a big yeah. fan of that and of course he is is great yeah i would i would give it i guess i guess i'd give it about a seven the detective work wasn't really great i didn't think same with the red hood issues the the Nightwing stuff I liked, but it just didn't gel. It just it didn't sing as well as the others mm. to me. So yeah, I got it. Those really bring that bring it down to me. So so a seven. Bill. And I got a seven also for the art covers. Um, uh, said the main book, the art was fantastic. I mean, the, the visuals were great. Some of the the other stuff, not so much. I'm. Uh, Thinking about the covers, there's nothing that really, you know, stood out. I mean, it's a Joker cover. It's uh, something with Ponch flying or nothing <laughs> stood out. Nothing stood out to me that was uh, spectacular as far as. Um, but the inside of the main book, I really enjoyed. So a seven would be what I would give. Uh-huh. And Bill, I'll get you to go again. Do you want to talk about the impact and legacy? What, where's this going? What it led to? All that sort okay. of stuff. Okay. What, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, impact legacy. I know, you know, um, the Joker War didn't exactly establish the loss of his money, but it it really got into what the Joker did. You know, the loss of Wayne Manor. You know, Wayne Enterprises and uh, his money going to Lucius Fox. I know there's new characters introduced. We got a Joker maxi series out of this that was pretty good. That was basically based on Jim Gordon. I don't know. I'm going to give the the Impact Legacy because when you think about it, at least me, when I think about, okay, when did all this Bruce Wayne losing his billion start? I always think it's the Joker War (laughs) because you see all the impact of it in the Joker War, but I don't know how much there is going to be 
that much legacy from it because it's just like another Joker story. It so, felt like an act two, right? Yeah. Didn't this whole yeah. thing feel like act two of something? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I would give a five. A five. Okay. What about you, David? I'm so confused by this one, too, because to me, this is like if you think about somebody jumping on a trampoline, this seems to be the when the trampoline sinks. <laughs> um, I don't mean that in a bad way, but I mean, because this leads to the Joker story of the Joker um, series. This reboots uh, Dick Grayson. This ends Batgirl and reboots the Batgirls. Uh, there's the new Batman, the um, Jason, Jace Fox. What's his yeah. name? Yeah, Jason. Right. I was going to say Ghostface Killer, but that's he. That's not who. That, that's from the Wu Tang Clan. Um, the what, Ghost, whatever, Whisperer, or what's his name? Maker. <laughs> Ghost Maker, Clown Killer. So it's. It seems like it leads to a bunch of things. So, I'm going to say a seven. Seven. Yeah. Because yeah. it 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 allows everything to spring from it. Yeah. So I don't know if this is how. I don't keep up with the books like like Bill and and your and your buddy Sean do, so I don't know what's happened since really. But it seems to me like this is supposed to be a lead off to all these other things. Yeah, well, uh, I think it's fair to say, and I think Bill would agree with me that pretty much everything that comes out of this is good. Like it leads to a lot of yeah. good, you know, it's a refreshing yeah, of the Batman book. The next arc of Batman itself with um. Ghostmaker and where that goes is really enjoyable. I really like that. The the developments with um, Clown Killer are interesting. Is it Clown Hunter? Clown Hunter. Hunter. Uh, God, so hard. Uh, right? Yeah. <laughs> it, like it doesn't stick. The name doesn't stick. It doesn't it stick. Like... When you read it, it sticks in your head. But when as soon as you stop reading it, it just flits away. Yeah, that little clown guy, Smasher Bat dude. <laughs> yeah. Guy who doesn't like clowns, that guy. Um, <laughs> there's, I think there's one thing that's coming out of this that's really subtle, and I think it's going to stick for a long, long time, and that is the sort of um, the an end to the spirit of copaganda in the books, that the cops are great. Mm. Like, I think that that is something that goes away in this story, and, you know, you mentioned the scene where Bullock throws down his badge in disgust at the, what the um, police commissioner is ordering him to do, and it feels like since then, Batman's relationship to the cops has, you know, reflected a bit more the relationship people have in society to the police of, you know, um, we don't quite trust them and their best interests aren't ours. And Batman's got a separation from the police after this. And the, the, you would say that's a woke agenda and couple that with um, he's not a billionaire anymore. And it does seem like there's a woke agenda being worked here. And when I say woke, I'm all in favour of it. Like, I, I think blind allegiance to people in power is really wrong and we've seen the damage done to our world and society through doing that so it feels like it's a right move for batman not to be so aligned with um authority um you know he needs to be a little bit on the outer and i think this is this is where it's it's going to start and i don't see it coming back into the books i mean we have uh renee montoya becoming police commissioner after that um so it's interesting to see where they have the same relationship they don't have the same relationship no they don't have the same relationship and that seems to be another story that's sort of subtly in the bat books after this and i think that's a, a fairly big deal but it doesn't hit you over the head then when it when you watch this i mean it um the other thing was having read ahead and seeing the joker series in particular Tynion puts 
you know, seeds of that all over this. Like in the Warzone issue, there's a confrontation between Joker and Bane where Joker basically says to Bane, oh, it's on between us. And then that gets played out in the Joker series fairly subtly. Um, you know, there are other events coming very soon and it's interesting. Good Fear State... Uh, yeah, we'll get to Fear State, but it it looks like... From the outside, it looks like something similar to this and it really isn't. So, yeah, it's hard to say. But I think that's the thing that will really come out of this in the long term is Batman is not um, an adjunct of the police anymore, you know, and I think that's a societal perspective on it now. So, yeah, I'll be interested to see where that's going. So for that reason, I'm going to actually give it one of my highest scores and say give it a 7. And I, I do like ah. Clown Person and uh, Ghost Thing. <laughs> ghost Thing. I, I like them. Clown and Ghost. <laughs> Yeah. You don't have a punchline. Punchline could be interesting, but I I don't like the track she's on. I I actually think Punchline will be good when written by someone else, and I want to see what happens there. Because I thought it started off so promising, but um, you want her to be someone who is punished for the things that you see in society as bad, but when she gets away with it, it's not satisfying at all. It's, yeah... Anyway, <laughs> when was so I, I was really confused by this too because I thought Joker War was her first appearance, but it wasn't, right? She has something. No, she's somewhere else before that. Okay. Yeah, she started in uh, Batman '89, uh, not the movie. Um, uh, yeah. In, in that issue, and I think Joker War kicks off in '93. So, okay. Yeah, so she right. she was just established before this as uh, a Joker sidekick. Yeah. There, there was another thought, thing that was interesting to me was Jim Gordon doesn't know Babs's Batgirl. Uh, well, they sort of do away with that very quickly. <laughs> so, okay. So. Right, that was actually, and I don't recall, was was the three Jokers before this or after this? Oh, it's probably contemporaneous. So, uh, yeah. And continuity because it really. Yeah, you don't know. You really find oh. out that whole situation in that book. And he talks about arresting her and everything yeah. to her, which surprised me because I thought, oh, he was. I I always thought he knew, right? I always thought he knew, but. Okay, yeah. so. But that, uh, that thread from the Batgirl books, I think, is going to age badly. Where it sort of basically says. Gordon's dumb because he doesn't, he can't, he's fooled by this. Because um, he's, he's basically his son falls off a building. Batgirl was up there, therefore Batgirl killed her. And so, right. you know, I don't think, I don't think Gordon would fall for that. And his son's a piece of crap anyway, so I don't know if he'd be it's that just cut up about it. He knows, he's known, he knows it all. He knows who Batman is, he knows who Barbara yeah. is. It just is not a touched upon, usually. Yeah, but it's. Ex- it's explicit in um, the Joker series that he knows who Barbara is. Yes. So. So they undo yeah, and what that they was did. also part of. Yeah. So it's also part of the three Jokers. So, yeah, it's one of those weird things. So. <laughs> I now I'm changing my score. Uh, no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Because Gotham is just you know it's it, they had their quake, they had they had the legacy virus. It looked like Gotham was like Sarajevo in this thing. Just parts of it yeah. exploding. I, I don't understand how the Joker could pay people enough to leave their houses. You would, you would never want to live there because people are dying <laughs> constantly. But people so have to pay yeah. you a lot of money to live in Gotham. But, I mean, I, I 
one thing that the uh, COVID has done is it made me realise that people don't do smart things all the time. Like when, <laughs> when the Joker says, "I'll give you ten thousand dollars to come and sit in a cinema," you know, p- people would do that, but even though everyone is, would right? go, "They know he's a lunatic." Don't do it. You're dark. <laughs> people would go, "Don't tell me what to do." <laughs> but he's a lunatic. Anyway. I just, I'm just curious, like what the state of Gotham is on like a day to day basis in these books, because it's, it seems like it just destroyed and resurrected destroyed and resurrected yeah, it's, like, it's normal it's a normal thing you know yeah. Bane's <laughs> over the city and then we're back to normal and then joker and then scarecrow and then mm. all right let's do the scoring so uh david you gave it a four a six a seven a seven that adds up to 24 and bill you gave it a five a six a seven and a five which adds up to 23 and i gave it a two a five a seven and a seven which adds up to 21 and i halve that which comes to ten and a half and then i round it up because i'm generous and it becomes 11 and then we add them all up and we get a score out of 100 of 58 for joker war 58 that seems high eight that's pretty good right well yeah i mean when you plug it into the list it's insane because it's on the same score as Multiversity, which seems like a much, much better story, and it's also on the same score as Young Justice Sins of Youth, which, you know, okay, fair enough. That, uh, yeah, so. I guess it checks out. Yeah, it, it, it lacks the eventiness, so that's, that's the real weakness, and, you know, the, you know, the way the story holds together in all the side books and everything is, is a weak point, so. Better than Countdown? <laughs> it is better than Countdown, yeah. It yeah. scored 42 more points than Countdown. <laughs> Yeah. All right, guys. Um, so if you want to see the score, it's all on our website at waitingfordoom.com. We, if you click on the DCOCD things at the top, you'll see the, the rank order and the ladder scores and everything. So you can have a look there and see the episode order. You can listen to any of those episodes. They're all great. I had fantastic guests on all of them. So, yeah. Just like this one. Just like this one. All right, gentlemen. So, yes, I want to do some feedback now, if you guys don't mind joining me for that. Sure. So just looking at the mailbag, we do have one comment from Dr. Ange about uh, DCOCD, which was on the Doomsday Clock, and he said, Great discussion and episode. I like your guess. This felt ultimately like a love letter to Superman and how he is the axis that the rest of the DC universe spins around. This was great. The problem was we had to slog through so much blather to get there. If this was a one-shot where Dr. Manhattan just observed his Superman stuff from afar, it would have been fantastic. Instead, we had to just keep reading and reading and things I ultimately didn't care about enough to get there. My marionette, the new Rorschach, some 1940s actor, the other stuff, I just can't remember. Why did I wait and wait to read this? Early on I was reading it because it seemed an indictment of the Didio, 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 that is a really hard name to say when I'm tired, approach to DC with all the re-extreme but then, as it was coming out, we had Metal, which seemed to embrace it. The art is fantastic. The ending is great for a Superman fan. But in the end, this feels like a vanity project that won't have a long shelf life or historical resonance. More's the pity, because I need people to feel about Superman the way he is written in this. Yes, a good point. Doomsday Clock. Hmm. So, uh, David, uh, where can people find your stuff if they are interested in your, your vibe? I really like your vibe. <laughs> uh, you hit me at a weird time because I like I I'm not doing any reporting right now. I guess you could find me. Uh, hopefully, you know I I appear on the Fire and Water Podcast Network every now and again. You're the producer of Pod Dylan, aren't you? I am the executive producer of Pod Dylan. You can't find me on it, right? I'm the I'm no. 
but uh, that's that's a good show that I encourage everyone to download and listen to if you like Bob Dylan, if you love Bob Dylan. Um, but yeah, or um, yeah, I'm not really I don't really have like a podcast presence like you guys. So, but um, stay tuned because something's afoot. Ooh, okay. Oh. And Bill, Bill, you do you do the bat pod? Yes, I do a Batman podcast with uh, my co-host. Sean Ross. Have you found a new co-host yet, or are you still looking? We're still looking. Uh, we have episode 100, um, and I, I just want somebody that I don't feel like I I should insult all the time. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Sean, we love you. Do we? Uh, you only crap on people that you like. That's true. <laughs> on an inventiveness scale, what would you rate Sean, Bill? Uh, he's very inventive, actually. I really like him. Yeah, so he <laughs> has to be like, yeah, a four. A four? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Inventiveness. His impact in legacy okay. is low. So. I can predict, you know, I can bring up something that he's going to hate, and he's like, really? Really? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Mm. He's a very smart man, and I, I envy his ability to just chat coherently, unlike me. But yeah. Oh yeah, he's good. <laughs> yeah. So listen to the bat pod. You guys cover the new bat stuff, and that's always enjoyable, and it you know saves me reading some of it. Um, yes. Though you do, you tend to read the stuff you like. You you bail out of the things you don't like. So. Well, yeah. If we don't like it, or one of us doesn't like it, we don't talk about it. Because yeah, you're more of a discussion podcast, you know, two guys at your comic shop instead of getting a giving a rating like Batmobiles and that sort of thing. And we have some mm. bad comedy, like like a dad joke comedy in there. So if you love that kind of stuff, this would be right up your alley. <laughs> it's a great show. Awesome. So uh, if anyone wants to check out our stuff, we're on twitter at dcocdcast we've got uh, dcocdcast at gmail.com and of course waitingfordoom.com leave your comments there give us a score on whatever people score on nowadays with uh, shows and stuff um yeah uh, i really enjoy doing this show and uh, i'm interested in keep doing it as i get older and older and events keep coming out they're not going to stop are they they're just going to be more and more yeah. You got the uh, you got that new crisis to look forward to. Yeah, dark crisis. So probably in about three years' time, we'll be talking about that one. But uh, next time on the show, we're doing endless winter, which I'm sure has. It's just a little side gig. I just want to see if it's got the magic of the old stuff. You know, when events weren't. You know, everything is changing and stuff. So, I mean, yeah, I think Joker War made apparent the fact that sometimes Batman just needs to have regular adventures between these big world-shattering ones. You know, sometimes he just needs small stories. Uh, you know, maybe he should take on pickpockets for a while and just chill out, you know. Um, but, yeah, no, we seem to... Everything matters and everything's big and it's all huge and, you know... Yeah, we don't get a variation in scale. Everything is already turned up to uh, 10, so when it goes up to 11, there's not much difference. Yeah, that's a editorial at the end. Sorry, boys. All good. All good. <laughs> anyway, join us next time. We'll have more people on. Thanks for coming, guys, and uh, thank you for everyone listening to DCOCD.